the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks. Welcome to the very first in the series of Beyond the Pitch and the, the CFB partnership and our co-production here. This is a global football show. Myself, Phil Brown, joined with Cal McFadden. We're delighted to be bringing you this new content. This is going to be coming out to you every week. We're going to have various different guests on. And uh, personally, I'm ecstatic about this partnership. Uh, first, out of the gate today, we're going to have David McKinnon on the show. Uh, we, we're going to talk to him about finance and football, the points per game situation. He, oh, he is the, uh, what, the director for Morton, is that correct, Callum? He's the chief executive of Great Morton and he used to be a player at Arsenal and then Rangers. We'll also have Mark Warburton on the show, um, QPR manager, ex-Rangers manager, of course, to talk about Project Restart, uh, what the directive has been in the uh, championship and the Premier League. We'll talk about, of course, the Bundesliga restart as well, what everybody made out of that. So uh, ecstatic to do this uh, and, and really looking forward to doing this on a long-term basis. Uh, I think bringing you new uh, content, back what BTP used to be, not just Manchester United, but a wide variety of content. And I don't think there's anybody out there right now that's had a bigger meteoric raise than this young man. So I am ecstatic that we've been able to put this partnership together. So Callum, welcome to the start of a long relationship, mate. Absolutely, Phil. Um, I am absolutely delighted to join the BTP family, yourself, Martin, and the wonderful work that you do. Um, the first question I've got for you and we've got together today is the Bundesliga that returned at yeah. the weekend. Did you, did you take any of the games in? What did you think? Well, it wasn't perfect. I mean, first of all, it was good to see football back. Um, it wasn't perfect. There were certain aspects of it that were a bit lifeless. You're going to have to adjust the new norms. There's obviously a lot of confusion. And when you're a footballer, you've been doing things a certain way for so long. It's very difficult to then go in and start social distancing and remember not to do it in celebrations. But you, you, subs can't sit beside each other, but in corners, they're on top of each other. And I accept it's a bit of a contradiction. But I suppose the question is, is some mitigation better than than none at all. Um, I believe that, you know, it's either safe to play or, or it's not a full game. But I also respect the fact that there are people that, look, if we don't bring football back, even if it's a hybrid of football, um, we won't see any football till next year till we get a vaccine. So not perfect, but uh, at least it was watchable. I agree. It was, it was definitely watchable. The interesting point that you made there was, the fact there's been lots of debate about no fans in the stadium, which is very strange. I know some people have said they could <laughs> play fans cheering into the grounds. I, I don't know if I'm personally a fan of that. I know it's strange at the moment, but I think if you if you play fake fan noises into the ground, it'd be like watching a sitcom rather than a game of football. I mean, it's, it's some of me say to Jurgen Klopp on this and that, when you fall in love with football, you fall in love with football as a sport. You know, and of course the fans are a fundamental part of the experience of the spectacle. But at its core, you still love the game, right? And that hasn't changed. I think, obviously, because what we've seen in Germany doesn't necessarily mean we should expect to see them in England. Although I do think the Premier League will resume in June, just simply because of the financial necessity of it. Germany have obviously done a terrific job of managing this, this, this virus. And I think... It's not analogous to say what's going on in Germany is exactly the same as what's going on in England. But, um, you know, in some ways, for 
and I respect that it's not footballer's job to do this, nor football's job to do this, but in some ways it felt good to have a bit of normality back and a bit of confidence that there was progress being made. I agree, and I don't know about you, but having football on on our screens just reminded me of what day it is. Yeah, <laughs> at, exactly. the moment, at the moment, it's a case of, you know, somebody says, what day is it today? And you think, I don't know. Whereas when football was on your screen, it just felt like a Saturday again. Albeit it's not the Premier League that we're used to. Um, it's not Scottish football if you're in Scotland that you're used to or the MLS. But there was some sense of normality that it was back. And I don't know about you, but I think the Bundesliga played this very well in the sense that they got the football back. There was mm-hmm. very little controversy um, other than the Augsburg coach who was banned from the touchline for going to buy some toothpaste against the rules, which is bonkers. But other than that, it was it was without a lot of controversy. And this can only be priceless for the promotion of the Bundesliga worldwide. I still think this is the best solution rather than ending it on paper. I still think you rather play it, even if it's not perfect. Uh, and so it was a bit strange, but the noises and everything, it was a bit strange to have a, it, it did feel a bit like a training session. But one of the things that sort of, there's a lot of people on there telling people they shouldn't, shouldn't like it, each to their own. If some people don't, don't want to watch it because it's not football to them, it's not, the, it's not what they want, that's perfectly fine, that's entirely up to you. It's okay if someone does like it or doesn't like it, I think everyone's going to have to make up their own mind about whether that's something that they want to watch or not. I, I mean, I have to say, it's one thing watching the Bundesliga where I have no skin in the game, where I'm sort of just watching the game. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I would want to see Manchester United play like that. I mean, right before this, this, this ended, United had a European game away that was behind closed doors, and it was a bit strange. But I still believe that's the best solution if it can be done safely, uh, because. I think there's a lot of people out there assuming because footballers make big money, they should be taking big risks. The money has nothing to do with it. I mean, these the footballers are entitled to protection the same as everybody else. And remember, Callum, it's not just the footballers. There's lots of people involved in these events that are not making a lot of money, that are taking big risks. And uh, I, I do think it will be a different issue in the Premier League, but the Germans have done a very, very good job at at least getting sport back. I, I completely agree. And... and and as we're going to come to with David McKinnon soon, and Mark Warburton um, touched on it in his interview that he had with us as well, that if you end the season on a points-per-game basis, it can create more headaches than, than potentially it's worth. But as, as you've said, and I reiterate, safety has to come first. In terms of the season ending, I think the Premier League are in a lucky position, in the sense that the Bundesliga, for want of a better phrase here, are the guinea pigs, in the sense that the Premier League can now sit back for a few weeks get the players back into training um, gradually in groups, then maybe get the, the contact when they get to stage three. And then they can watch the Bundesliga from afar. They can see what's working. They can see what's not. And then they'll be in a bit better position to come back. So although they got a lot of criticism, the Premier League, I think by watching the Bundesliga unfold, and hopefully, I hope someone from the Premier League is tapping into their expertise now and, and finding out what's working, what's not, so that they can get the game back only, as you've said, when it's safe to do so. Yeah, I definitely think that helps the Premier League in the sense that the Bundesliga will probably eventually iron out some of the uh, inefficiencies of this uh, and start getting it right, then you can copy the model. And I will say this, I'm sure the Premier League are not going to want the Bundesliga to continue to broadcast where eyes are being averted from the Premier League over the Bundesliga. They're going to want those eyes back in the Premier League. Uh, And, you know, 
in some ways, Germany resuming puts pressure on the other leagues to resume because they, you, they, they, there's obviously lots of different aspects here. There's revenue, of course. Um, there's TV. You know, if people are starting to watch more Bundesliga than the Premier League or La Liga, or stuff, you know, that, that has consequences for viewing figures, for clubs, for, I mean, obviously, if, um, if it's only a few weeks, it's not going to make a huge difference. But uh, the Premier League and other leagues are not going to want the Bundesliga to, to, to grab all the, all the focus uh, away from their own league. So they, they'll be feeling the pressure to get to resume. The Premier League you're spot on will be feeling the pressure to resume, as will the English Championship. And earlier on, I caught up with current QPR manager Mark Warburton, and he spoke to us at BTP all about Project Restart. Delighted on the BTP Global Football Show to welcome QPR manager Mark Warburton. First of all, Mark, how are you? Yeah, Callum, very good, thank you. I hope you're keeping well. Yeah, just keeping as busy as possible during this lockdown, as I'm sure you are as well. The reason we're desperate to speak to you is because the Premier League announced today that there's going to be a return to training for clubs um, very soon. In terms of your perspective as a manager in the game and the English Championship, how have you handled the lockdown and is that protocol the same for the Championship clubs, Mark? Yeah, so if I answer it in reverse, Callum, really, yeah, we had meetings last week. Um, you saw the Premier League vote today. So we're planning to have our testing done Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week, with a view to start and train on the 25th. And that small group training, Callum. So groups of no more than five, three members of staff, strict criteria, parking, own kit, no food provision, no entry in a building, um, limited interaction with medical team who will be in full PPE. So very, very strict guidelines. But hopefully, Callum, if it all goes well, I would anticipate two weeks of that protocol and then without as I say without any hiccups we'll, we'll move to stage three which will be the contact training uh, and if that's the case and goes well I would anticipate maybe hopefully four weeks we need to give time to get the boys fit four weeks of contact training before we resume the games program. In Scotland today Mark you'll have seen that they've announced that the league season at all levels is finished they decided the, the championship down to league two a few weeks ago but Today they called the Premiership, Celtic announced as champions, Hearts of Midlothian relegated. Um, that was done on a points-per-game basis. Some people will be asking, Mark, as the QPR manager working in the Championship, is there a desire for clubs in the Championship for a points-per-game finish, or would you rather see it played to a finish? No, there's, there's, I'll be very honest, Callum, there's absolutely no desire for anything other than a, an appropriate completion of the league season. Uh, I think that comes from owners, CEOs, certainly the managers, coaches, players. So there is every desire and intention and the energy there to make sure we complete the programme. So as I say, hopefully, if we look at 25th of May as a return date, I would think within five stroke six weeks of that, we'll start the, the programme. Whether we have to play three games a week, Callum, I don't know yet. That will be determined by the authorities. But no, there's a real desire, absolutely. I've not spoke to anyone who has any other intention other than finishing the league campaign. Another thing that is a big topic that you're the perfect guest to ask this question to is the transfer window. Now, I'm not for a minute going to put you in the spot and say, what do you think is going to happen? Because the answer is, for all of us, we don't know. But as a manager at this stage of the season, normally you'd be evaluating your budget for next season, thinking about the players you're going to keep, the players you're maybe going to move on. How different has that been from you at the moment? Can you plan for next season at all? Or is it 
eyes firmly focused on the here and now? That's a big question. Um, I'll try and cover some parts of it, certainly. No, you look at it now, I, I'm a big believer. I've seen some comments about um, clubs that have furloughed staff or have given pay cuts, deferrals, etc., should not be involved in the transfer window. And I have to say I agree with that. I, there's something wrong for me, morally wrong, whereby you would give people, staff, players, pay cuts, lose staff, um, and then go and spend money in the transfer window. So, of course, you're going to have the bigger clubs. You're going to have the Man United, Liverpool, etc., Chelsea, Tottenham's spending money if they think it's appropriate. But even then, I think the the massive numbers they're talking about previously, Callum will be gone. Um, money will still be spent by those guys, I'm sure. But I think at our level that you're referring to, I think we have a moral responsibility not to be involved in that. Out-of-contract players, free players, yes, different, a different market. But actually spending money when you furloughed staff and given pay cuts, I think is massively inappropriate. Where the problems do also come is balance sheets of clubs where they have a value of the players prior to COVID-19. So you might value a player at £10 million in January and that valuation now might be five six. So you're going to have this now, the value has certainly come down significantly, I think, for players. Uh, and it can work both ways. Of course, players you're getting in will be seemingly cheaper. But it's, um, I think it's a market that's changing. We don't know where the dust is going to settle, for sure. But certainly the market has, has changed. The landscape has changed beyond all recognition. The last question I've got for you, Mark. Thanks for giving us your insight into the, the latest on Project Restart, your opinions on points per game. The last question's maybe an obvious one. Did you watch the Bundesliga at the weekend? And if so, who was your favourite side to watch? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it with some... Obviously, it's good to see football. And the quality is very high. Of course it is. And you see some robust challenges and all the things we enjoy. bit bizarre with the empty stadium. You see the Dortmund. I wanted to watch Dortmund, the big derby with Schalke. And to see the 25,000 yellow wall empty is, is truly bizarre. Um, but... I then watch, I think, was it Hertha Berlin? Correct me if I'm wrong. Celebrating wildly with a goal and jumping on top of each other and, and, and wildly celebrating. And then you're watching substitutes, social distance with marks, with masks on and, and sitting and standing in some cases. So it was a little bit bizarre, but it's just nice to get the game back. I, I really do pray that we, we have no um, unforeseen situations in terms of new cases. I hope very much that can move forward. And if it does, it will give confidence to us to, to, as I say, resume training. I think the Premier League are back tomorrow, the 19th. We're back on the 25th. And that will certainly give us momentum and confidence as well, which is all important, Callum. It's got to be safe for the players and the staff members. That's the absolute overriding priority. And if we can get that confidence and, and, and assurance that's in place, then hopefully the game can come back, finish the programme and look forward to next season. Absolutely. Thank you for your insight, Mark. And everyone at BTP wishes you, your players, your staff well and wish QPR all the best when the season resumes. Really appreciate it. Nice speaking to you as always, Callum. Thanks very much indeed. Those were the views of Mark Warburton and we'll debate those views very shortly, but we're delighted that we're going to be joined by the Morton Chief Executive, David McKinnon. As promised, folks, the fantastic David McKinnon, of course, Rangers legend and Morton Chief Executive, to talk about the points per game situation in Scotland that has just been announced. Dave, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate you coming on. It looks like the, the, the uh, season I has ended, of course, in Scotland on the points per game uh, <clears throat> solution. Nothing's perfect. We've seen... Uh, Wraith promoted Celtic, Dundee, um, 
the, uh, of course, Partick are done, Hearts done, Hearts threatening lawsuits here. You were you voted for the PPG uh, solution. Why? Well, I think that uh, it was only shown town, to be honest. And I think that um, when it was put to us, the we get great respect for the uh, SPFL, and they had uh, done their due diligence in this, so they had you know checked every angle every area that they could actually come up with, every solution, uh, and they determined that this was the correct one. So the, the SBFL board are made up of member clubs, and um, the communication that they gave us throughout the whole process was uh, first class. So as a club, we had to take uh, the expertise of the, the SPFL, and that's why we voted for it, because you know, not to do that would have um, potentially uh, put the uh, the monies to be paid out uh, into the long grass. And also the fact is that um, if we drew the line under the season in some way, we were able then to try and concentrate 100% on the future rather than how we were going to tackle the present. In terms of the future, Dave, financial implications are, are clear for, for clubs regardless of their size at the moment. For a club like Morton and smaller clubs across the globe, how do you think this is going to affect the game financially, especially if there's there's no fans at games, as we're seeing at the moment in the Bundesliga? Well, it's going to be difficult, very difficult, obviously. But um, one of the things that uh, our club, I've been in there just a year now, and uh, I've been chief executive of several other clubs. And one of the things that uh, you have to do is get your house in order. And I think last year at this time, Morton were running something like £500,000 loss. And what we did is we had to cut the playing budget to get a break-even budget and we did that and in hindsight that was inspired by uh, the chairman and the owner because we're not carrying a big wage bill at present and you know we can possibly get through this with all the various grants furloughs being exceptional for for clubs as well but at some stage we'll have to get back playing football what I've been doing in the, the last uh, weeks is looking at you know, how we could, if we were behind closed doors, how we could present it and how we could monetize it. And one of the things that we've come up with is, and it would change a, a, a you know, a, a sort of a rule with the SPFL, that um, the clubs below the premiership, um, if we were allowed to um, basically stream our games live on a Saturday. So, for example, if we had hearts coming to us and we had... Um, you know, no, no supporters, we would actually stream it through our, our club and charge for that. And we're monetizing it. So we, we're already set up for that. We've done a lot of work to ensure that we can look at that because I think that what's going to happen is that uh, I think it's going to be a staged introduction. I think it's going to be behind closed doors for maybe a month or so. Uh, I think it will then be maybe 10% of your capacity. We've got 11,200. So that would help us with our season ticket holders coming in and then I think they'll raise it to, to say 20% social distance and all the various things we have to do and then I think that in the new year hopefully um, that will, will operate into a, a full audience but I think in the short term we've got ways and means to try and monetize uh, the games if we have to play them behind closed doors. As a follow-up yeah, to that Dave, um, transfers are very important at this time of year, normally at this time of year, regardless of your level of football, whether it's the Premier League, Bundesliga, to the Scottish Championship, League Two, Lowland League, any level, you name it, clubs are thinking about their budgets, clubs are thinking about the players they want to keep, the players they want to move on. Is that something that's completely up in the air for you at the moment as well? 
Well, as to a certain extent, because what we did as a club, and we hadn't done it before, um, was that uh, we started to plan for the future. So we got eight players signed up, plus two youth players uh, that have got longer contracts. So we're in a position now that we've got a nucleus that we never had before. Um, there's obviously players in our current playing staff that we want to extend their contracts. That's going to be difficult because it's very difficult to forecast when you've got revenue coming in. So we're looking at all sorts of things we can do. We've got, uh, one, we're one of the clubs that have um, Morton, Morton Club together are, are very supportive. They're a, an organisation that puts money uh, in from fans. We've got over 400. Uh, and that money's been accrued at present. We're not spending it. So I think once we know if the league is going to be suspended beyond June the 10th, which it currently is, then that will allow us to plan and actually see who we can bring in uh, from our, our current staff and who, unfortunately, we have to release. But, you know, one of the things that, uh, as an ex-player, I was a player for 20 years, I'm very acutely aware of the welfare of the players and their families. And we as a club will try and do all we can to protect uh, the players in the short term. Uh, and the long, longer term, and the longer term uh, time it goes, that will become more difficult. So, so we're working with the SPFL lawyers um, to try and come up with some solution that we can we can actually um, lengthen the players' contracts by a bit. I'm not sure, Dave, if you got a chance to watch some of the Bundesliga at the weekend. Obviously, it's not perfect. Obviously, some of these issues are going to get smoothed out as we go along. Was there certain things that you saw in that you could take encouragement for where you could see a resumption of football uh, safely in, in Scotland soon? Well, I think obviously the Bundesliga's get to an amazing amount of money. I know that it's been muted in Scotland that we're looking at maybe hubs, you know, Hamden, uh, Ibrooks, Parkhead, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, etc. That might be a solution as well where they play maybe a, a championship uh, over the weekend, you know, two teams play at 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, just to get um, the games out there. So I think that there's a lot of work being on behind the scenes. But the Bundesliga, I saw bits and pieces of games. It was a bit surreal, uh, to, to be honest. But I think mm -hmm. that uh, they get it right. So I'm sure there's lessons can be learned. Tom, have you got another question there before we let Dave go? Absolutely. So basically, Dave, you mentioned you watched the, the Bundesliga. Um, you've seen bits and pieces. Is there a particular team you're keeping an eye on that, that reminds you of Morton at all? Uh, I don't know, but um, I played in Europe a few times uh, <laughs> and I've got good memories and bad memories of playing against German teams. I remember uh, we beat Rangers, we beat uh, Borussia Dortmund comprehensively over two legs. Uh, we beat uh, FC Cologne Ibrox uh, and then were famously beaten 5-0 away from home. So uh, when I was watching FC Cologne, I, I tried to turn over to another game, to be honest. <laughs> Well, hopefully, Dave, we get a, a solution that suits everybody and hopefully we get back playing football soon. Uh, of course, lower league football is the lifeblood of football uh, and hopefully we all can come out of this where we emerge stronger and, and your football club emerges from this with successfully. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to myself and Callum. Very much appreciate it, mate. Great, Phil. Great, Callum. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Very interesting perspective there from David McKinnon, the Chief Executive of Greenwich Morton, also been Chief Executive at Dundee and Kilmarnock in Scotland as well. So appreciate his time there. Interesting, though, Phil, that David McKinnon talks about in Scotland, Morton and the majority of clubs voting to finish all the leagues, whether that's Premiership to League Two on points per game, 
Mark Warburton, who we spoke to earlier, the complete opposite, saying that there's no appetite whatsoever, in his opinion, mm-hmm. for the Championship and Premiership to end in a points-per-game basis. How do you think this goes now in England? Do you think it's as simple as looking forward to the Bundesliga, as we said earlier, or do you think politically this could become a struggle? Honestly, I see no consensus anywhere. I see um, competing interests. I see players having a very different perspective than clubs. Obviously, depending on where you're at in the, the ladder, if you're a Premier League player and you can afford to sit, um, then you're going you're, you're gonna to be a bit more sensitive to this. I was listening to Simon Jordan say something. Uh, and he's one of the best commentators, I have to say, on football in England. He was talking about this. And he goes, if you're a football player and you decide you don't want to be a part of this because of the risk, then you shouldn't be a part of this until there's a vaccine and it's completely safe. You shouldn't be able to turn around a month from now and say, you know what, I actually want to go back. I would disagree with that. I think when it comes to personal safety, you're entitled to sensitivity. I don't know any other aspect in life where you ask someone to take a risk with their life um, w- w- without having responsibility to their safety. Um, I respect the fact that, that, that look, I, I, I had Darren McCampney on my show two weeks ago and he was talking to me, of course, he's the Peterborough United owner, about financial Armageddon for football clubs. If football doesn't resume to finish the season because they would have to give so much of the TV money back. I'm sure that's the motivation for them to get the season finished because so many of those clubs rely heavily on that. And even if it gets finished, there's a possibility they'll have to hand a bunch of money back anyway because the spectacle itself has completely changed. You're not going to see Liverpool parading around Anfield with the league title with thousands of fans. Uh, and, you know, I'm obviously a native fan, but I, I do empathise there. I mean, if we're all this time to win the league, they should be awarded the league. If it does get awarded, um, there's no question they should be awarded the league. But in many ways, they've been robbed of, of that celebration. I don't remember how it felt when United won it in 93. It was incredible. And I, I mean, I, I certainly empathise with them, but I just, I don't see any way this is going to get resolved without lawsuits. I, I agree. And, and this sort of brings me on to something I know we're both passionate about and we've spoken about. At, at the moment, lots of media companies, whether that's TV, radio, newspapers, are talking about transfers. At the moment, the season's not ended. It's not the time to talk about transfers right now. But it, something I'm interested to say is with the situation and the chance that the Bundesliga and the Premier League are going to be playing through June, do we suspend this summer's transfer window? Do we go back to the way it was and have the transfer window open for the majority of the season? Because, as I say, now's not the time to talk about it. But as you well know, there will be a time in the next few months where clubs like Manchester United, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich want to flex some financial muscle, um, if there is any left at all. And um, they're going to want to do that. So, so how do you think we handle the transfer window? Because for me, that's another minefield. Well, personally, I was never in favour of the transfer window anyway, and I don't think it ever accomplished what they set out to do with it. Uh, if it results in the abolishment of the transfer window, I think that's a good thing. You know, when you look at the whole reason that was brought in, it was to stop clubs buying their way. Uh, you go in, you need a player in October, you go out and buy one in an effort to bring through young players. So all clubs are doing nice stockpiling talent, loaning it out um, to get around this. So it hasn't resulted in clubs spending less. It hasn't, it, in fact, has pushed the price of players up. We see ridiculous prices on transfer deadline day. We see all this nonsense that doesn't need to happen if you just let people buy when they need to buy. It also is a lifeline for clubs who will need that money. 
you know, if you're a football club in October, November, and you don't have operating revenue to get you through to January, and you need to sell a player. That's that, that's very, very important, and that's going to be extremely relevant. So, if it causes them to evaluate the transfer window and say, look, this no longer makes sense, even if they'd say, we'll suspend it for the next 24 months in the sense that anyone can buy during that period, that's fine. I would be perfectly fine with that. Clubs are going to have to have the ability to generate revenue. It's going to be more important than any other time. But I agree with you that it seems a bit pointless to talk about transfers when we don't even have a hard date. I know we've got uh, June 12th, or it's been, the clubs are coming back now to, to stagger training, but we're still a long way off, in my opinion, uh, resuming this safely. And it seems a bit silly to be talking about players going here, there and everywhere. You might see some smaller deals happen, but the bigger deals, remember there's still so many things that have to be settled. First of all, economies, right? So uh, you've got currency valuations that's going to change the pound against the euro. That's going to be extremely relevant when it comes to price valuations, player valuations. You're going to have clubs that didn't need to sell when they need to sell. Of course, that affects price. Um, I was listening to Raphael Honigstein talking about prior to this, uh, Jaden Sancho was more or less nailed on for Manchester United. Now it is up in the air. Who knows? There's just so many variables that haven't been settled yet, but I would also agree that anyone taking advantage of the PPP should not be allowed to go out and spend this summer because if you can't afford to pay your staff, it's a bit of a slap in the face to the taxpayer to then go out and spend millions on players. Um, so uh, it's going to be really complicated. There's so many competing interests in this. I mean, we saw whenever they cancelled the league in Holland, the teams in the league below Canberra, they're, they're suing the Dutch FA over this. Um, I feel their pain. I totally understand there is no perfect solution. We'd all want to play out the season, but even if we do, it's still not the same. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, this is really a question of money. And so if you're going to deny club promotion and you say, look, you're not going to get promotion this year, but instead of, you know, the, the, the 10 million you would normally get, we're going to give you 90 million, right, that you would have gotten for promotion. That clubs might go with that, right? Um, but uh, it, it's just a mess, man, and I don't know how you solve it legally. It's going to be very difficult to solve. You're absolutely spot on with that. And something else that interests me, we're going to be very lucky next Monday to be joined by football finance expert Kieran Maguire. And I was speaking to Kieran today, and the reason I was talking to him was because one of the things that I asked him for some guidance on was Burton Albion, albeit in the English lower leagues, they announced that their manager, Nigel Clough, very famous footballer with Liverpool, obviously his dad, we all know Brian Clough, he left his position because of the finances of the club and he's been replaced by their club captain, Jake Buxton. And I said to Kieran, I said, is this a financially motivated decision? And he said, it simply put is. He said, basically, obviously, with Nigel and his staff, the club are a small club, they've got small crowds, they rely on gate receipts, they rely on the TV money. Because that's been suspended, League One might be going points per game, as Darren McAnthony um, said to you on your show, that he said basically that clubs like Burton are having to cut the cloths accordingly and we might see more managers have to depart because of this situation. And it's going to be interesting. And this is a point I'm desperate to, to, to ask and, and ponder for you and our listeners. There's been rumours also that financial fair play could be loosened for a couple of seasons. Which ponders the question. There's speculation about Newcastle being taken over. This could be the perfect time for Newcastle and their, their very rich owners, if they if they are allowed to take over to make a real impact in, in English football. Well, and there's a perfect example. Oh, this has the price of Newcastle on the changed. 
Because if I was buying Newcastle, I'd say, wait a minute, you're no longer a £300 million football club or a £100 million football club, right? I mean, the, the game has changed. Um, there's also serious ethical issues there. Sheffield United, part owned by Saudis also. Uh, and there's a, a real issue here for the Premier League to decide if there's undue influence from one club on the other. Um, and that's illegal. You can't have that. So we'll have to see how that ends up. Um, the Premier League have been embarrassed, you should say, with their fit and proper test. We've seen people like Faction Genawatra pass it. Um, and uh, they also have a serious issue with Saudi piracy, who are notorious for it. And the Premier League, have, there's no proper judicial system in the, Saudis, in the Saudi kingdom for the Premier League to pursue uh, legal, legal angles on the piracy. Um, being sports, of course, they're very, very upset. The question is, how does this, if you buy Newcastle, um, and I know I'm getting a bit off topic here, but this has to be taken into consideration when it comes to Premier League TV rights and stuff, um, how does that affect the contract whenever you've got someone from the kingdom that um, is, is, is pirating coverage of Premier League? This is a serious issue. So, But it's not just them. Them, if you relax FFP, then why wouldn't City turn around and say, wait a minute, you know, you can no longer kick us out of the Champions League, you know? Um, and, and so the, the legal ramifications of that, you know, this is, because as soon as you solve a problem, you create another one. And it's just, it, it's an absolute minefield of a mess. And these football clubs will hire lawyers and this will get dragged through court. And, um, you know, this, this is a very, very serious impediment to resumption of football because, you know, if you've done a similar situation in England in the Premier League where you finish the season on points per game, you know, there's clubs that are going to lose out on millions upon millions of pounds and that are maybe fundamental to its survival. Um, we also see gate receipts are a significant portion of a club's turnover. Um, so, you know, how does that affect everything going forward? It's, it's, made it, it's, it's truly unprecedented. It's, it's weird that we're sitting even having this conversation. I can't believe it. It was we never could have foresaw this in January that this is where the league would be. And um, well, I want to see football back. I want to see it back as soon as possible. But I also don't think human beings should be asked to take on for risks, even if it's not to their own health, but the health of the people that are at home and everything else. Uh, Tommy Abraham took terrible abuse for rightfully pointing out that his father has asthma and you can take it home. It's it's a very serious issue, and I empathise completely. I completely emphasise as well and just want to say thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the Global Football Show with Phil Brown and myself, Callum McFadden. Just to update you, we put out to our listeners and asked you who was your team of the Bundesliga weekend because it's the only league we're watching in Europe. 68% of you voted Borussia Dortmund for that. Mm-hmm. Erling Haaland made the headlines for his interview techniques, Phil. Um, what, a, what a guy he is. We need to try and get him on the show one day. Sounded like me on that question from my wife. (laughs) 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 Don't incriminate yourself. Now, listen, this is Jack of the Sentiments. Thanks very much to all of you for tuning in. Um, We're going to have a large variety of content. If you haven't, get over to CFB Football at Callum's Twitter and take a look at some of the guests he's had on. Absolutely incredible. uh, His download numbers are ridiculous. And for us to have his partnership, we're excited to bring new content beyond just the Manchester United stuff. And uh, there's going to be a lot of new stuff. BDP's new website will be up shortly. We're in the process of having that built. Uh, we'll hopefully be able to have merchandise on there. It'll be for sale. 
BTP, CFB, brands and everything. So um, we'll be doing different giveaways and stuff. Um, so lots of lots of stuff coming up shortly. Stay tuned. There'll be a lot of a lot of cool promotions. So I hope this the show will obviously get better as time goes on, and uh, we'll have a lot of very interesting guests coming up. Uh, if you if there's anybody you'd like for us to get, just drop myself, Callum, tweet, and um, don't forget to follow our Facebook page and all that stuff. So um, Callum, I'll let you take it out, mate. I just want to repeat what you've said. Thanks for listening to BTP, the Global Football Show. We'll be back next Monday with another round of exciting guests and talking points from all around the world.